For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think anybody who has a teenager understands the transformation she's going through. She's trying on personalities like every teen does. You know, she means she's a cowboy and now she's a warrior. Would the Elsa Dutton from episode 5 of 1883 even recognize the Elsa Dutton who started this journey northwest three months ago? The show is about that journey and all the brutal realities that come with it, but it's also about her personal transformation, a transformation that's been uneven and unpredictable. Her journey is nothing if not honest, however, and this week's viewers got a look at the good and the bad of growing up under the spotlight. Think about it. In her community, Elsa is a celebrity forced to live her life out in public. There are some very unexpected parallels between 19th century trail life and 21st century pop culture, and the show finds beautiful ways to point them out without inducing groans or eye rolls. At worst, it's awkward, but it's the same kind of awkward as watching your children go through something similar. At worst, it's the same kind of awkward as thinking back on your own formative years. I'm Addison Hager, and this week on the Dutton Rules Podcast, we're going to park ourselves to talk about Elsa and what she represents before exploring two enticing Easter eggs and what it means to eat a buffalo heart. You heard that right, a buffalo heart. Billy Dukes is standing by, but first tap follow and leave a five-star rating and review if you've not done so. When you finish, search the archives conversations with cast members like Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, Eric Nelson, and more. Are Sam and Elsa destined to live a long life together? Why does Shay's future suddenly look very bleak? Is a Yellowstone favorite going to be killed between seasons? Answers to those questions, plus last week's trivia answer, as we bring Billy Dukes in right now. Hello, Addison! Hello, Billy. Okay, this episode I can actually meet you with the same level of excitement because no one died. This is the second episode of the past two that no one died. So I can actually be a little happier and there are no tears being shed. I did. I was I found the end of this episode particularly sad. And I did find myself uh and I I didn't watch this episode with my wife like I have so many, but I did find myself tearing up at the end. And this is a spoiler alert if anybody hasn't watched the episode. But when she's leaving Sam, uh, they might get back together. That's the plan. But it does seem like a lot of things have to go right for them to sort of reunite. And plus, we've already seen a scene where Elsa takes an arrow to the gut. Like, that was Mm -hmm. a a soft, tender moment. It got me. It got me. Uh, You know, I think because we've already been through the whole Ennis her saying goodbye to him essentially that one really really wrecked me that this one i'm just kind of like yeah maybe she sees him maybe she doesn't and not to be super flippant about the situation but she tends to pick up men as this journey continues remember i said that she was like the bachelorette the you know the modern day bachelorette 
So part of me, I'm like, you know, she's going to find another great guy if Sam ends up not coming back around. So clearly I have a little bit of a, a little apathetic towards it. Yeah, well, we're going to dive deep into Elsa's romances here in, in just a moment or so. And I loved a conversation between James and Margaret on this mm-hmm. topic. Um, mm-hmm. but, but let's pin a pin on that for a second because we have some business to take care of from last week's episode. Yes, the trivia. Who won the last week one? And then what was the answer? Last week, the trivia was in Yellowstone, when Jamie first meets his real father, Garrett Randall, Garrett calls him by a different name. What does he call him? The insinuation was this was Jamie's birth name. They don't say that outright. Uh, He calls him Michael. The answer was Michael. And the trivia winner is actually a friend of the show, someone who we talked about last week, Michaela, the meteorologist who gave us all that great climate information. She was the first one to respond and, and know that it was Michael. My bad on not getting back to people, though, until really just before we hit record. Uh, full disclosure, and this is why the podcast is going to be a day or so late. I was out of pocket the entire Super Bowl weekend. I didn't get into the emails, so I apologize. I didn't get back to her in time for her to give me, like, my punishment. So I got an IOU to Michaela. I'll get her next Michaela week. Michaela will still get, yes. <laughs> you can still, Billy's uh, brushing up on his impersonation. So if we want to, you know, <laughs> circle back to that. Feel free. <laughs> and and that's the that's the win. That's what you win. If you're the first person to respond correctly to the trivia question, you get to have me say or do anything you want within reason of decency and time. And we've had some great suggestions so far. Even mm-hmm. some people who and we had a ton of responses for this one. Some people wanted me to do and say some things that were really intriguing and interesting. Kind of not not so much of the silly stuff, you know, sing um we don't talk about Bruno. I haven't gotten that one yet. <laughs> The more on, to- on topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's well, what you get. And this is this week's trivia question. And I think it's going to be fairly difficult, but I'm not certain. Okay. What is it? Which actor from the Yellowstone franchise was a competitive bodybuilder? In fact, you could even say he had muscles. And I'm putting muscles He's air in air quotes this. for a specific reason that if you figure it out, you'll understand why. Oh, I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm racking my brain right now of all the characters. It could be 1883 or it could be a oh, Yellowstone okay. character. It's a key character, a professional. Well, I don't know if he was professional, but he was a competitive. And I guess I spoiled that it was a man. Not a woman. LaMonica Garrett. That's my guess. Okay. That's a good guess. Uh, well, he enjoyed, he enjoys working out with Tim on the, before yep. they, the, before. Gosh, you know, you, I, try, yeah. I, I hope there's not like four, because <laughs> that's going to be embarrassing. But first person to get, we erect, actually find get out, it correct, yeah. <laughs> staff at com is the email address for the uh, trivia answers, and I'll respond a little bit more quickly this week. Well, I would love to dive into this episode, starting with Elsa, as as always. I feel like we've been recently starting with her because she's had the most happen, just transformation-wise. This is a a scene where, you know, angsty, rebellious, I'm 18 years old, I'm going to do what I want, mom and dad stay back, is full force. She's headstrong, isn't she? 
Very, very much so. <laughs> I will so, say, I don't think I was, I was, I wasn't as headstrong. I was, I was pretty stubborn, but I didn't give my parents a run for their money. You think your parents would say the same thing though? I, I actually do. And the reason why is because my youngest brother was, you know, I was the oldest, Billy. I was, and I'm the only okay. girl. So of course, you know, the straight lace. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. I kind of wish oh. I had more of a rebellious phase. I really, I really do. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll hit now at 26 years old. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say it's not too late here, Addison. Let's, yeah. let's get after it. I'm seeing a nice green wall behind you. Go grab your, yourself a, a can of spray paint and just <laughs> tag it. You know? <laughs> Done. Done. <laughs> Screw you, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. If you guys see that on social media, I have not lost it. <laughs> just going through my teenage angst just a little bit later in life. Just a little. So here's what happened. Uh. Sam and Elsa's relationship really starts to blossom. And mm-hmm. there's a debate that we'll get to in a moment between if the the, the crew is going to go to Denver or continue on to Oregon. And Elsa mm-hmm. says, I ain't doing none of it. I'm staying here in Oklahoma with my man Sam. And we're going to get married. And I'm a uh-huh. warrior now. And there's even kind of a wedding ceremony of sorts. I don't know. They They more or less just I- sleep together and decide they're married. Um, yes, but I that's fine. Was all, well, because Margaret <laughs> says, you know, we'll at least have a wedding, and right. that that doesn't that doesn't ever happen. All of a sudden, they're just calling each other husband and wife. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's how this works. All right. The thing with Elsa's transformation here is, I think when it first started, we were able to solely appreciate it through the lens of this series. Like, here's a young girl going through this, and for that reason, it was very believable. And now it's kind of believable in a much more real sense. I think anybody who has a teenager or who has gone through those teen years teen years mm-hmm. understands the transformation she's going through. She's trying on personalities like every teen does, you know? She, I mean, she's mm-hmm. a cowboy and now she's a warrior. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like a new man and a new outfit for each one of these personalities that <laughs> she's trying on. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to be critical of her or the show or even dismisses dismissive of the show. I, I think it's the opposite. I think that Taylor's writing of this character is very real and very honest. And, and in fact, I, I, I kind of wonder how he nailed this because he's a 40, 50 some year old man. How is he writing a teenage girl so damn mm-hmm. well without help from someone who's actually lived through some of those angsty years? I don't think yeah. he has kids like so many other elements of the show. It might be too real at times, um, if you are a parent, you might see your teenage son or your teenage daughter in Elsa. It reminds me when I was like about her age, I was a little older. I was 21 and I graduated college and all of a sudden I was just going to pick up and move to Oregon. Literally. That's what I wanted to do. I'm not even saying that because that's what they're wow. trying to do. Like Oregon okay. was my frontier. We were just going to go do it. And my girlfriend uh-huh. at the time, her profession was, she was a, 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 a cocktail waitress at a strip club but that didn't matter i knew that bigger and brighter things <laughs> were going incredible. to happen for <laughs> happen for her and for us once we were in oregon because that was the once promised we were in oregon, land literally 1883 but but billy billy duke's edition <laughs> fortunately time went by and i realized that i wasn't down with like her lifestyle i mean <laughs> she smoked a ton of pot I mean, just a, a <laughs> tremendous amount of marijuana as well. <laughs> so I'm at the wrong time. This is incredible. 
I cleaved that myself from that situation and soon met the woman who would become my wife. And I stayed in Southwest Michigan until as a family, we moved to North Carolina and then to Tennessee. And I look back on that and I thought to myself, that trip to Oregon, that was a really bad idea. I sh- I'm glad I didn't do that. Like I would have been, I would have been lost and maybe dead living in, I mean, who knows what kind of trouble I would have gotten in. Like Things it's relatable. Things really shifted different. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've all dreamed of that, but if you've kind of gotten past that, you know, like there's a reason why that you don't chase those dreams. Yes, and it makes me a little sad for Elsa because she's. I feel like she's going to realize that if it continues Mm -hmm. on this realistic thread for her. Yeah. Well, I I will (sighs) say I I oh yes. Deep sigh, Billy. Moment of silence, I think, is what we need for you over there. But actually what I loved about seeing her in this light, um, other than, you know, I'm I'm looking going, you know, this is kind of a slow-moving car crash as her parents, I'm going, you know, there's so much unknown out there and they're trying to protect you over here and you're just going, you know, nothing can, you're you're untouchable, essentially. And, and I do think a lot of teen. I mean, I kind of went through that too as a teen of, you know, thinking that nothing can hurt you. Or, you know, you're invincible and realizing, you know, as a parent, they're looking on going, that's not the world that you live in. And but what I do like about this relationship, a little bit different than uh, Ennis and Elsa's relationship. Obviously, Ennis and Elsa's was very innocent. Yes. Well, yes, spontaneous and innocent, which which I really loved. But I love that we're not seeing just a carbon copy of that. And that now we're shifting into Elsa's obviously lived a little bit more life since Ennis. And a lot has happened. She's kind of maturing into this woman that she's becoming. And so it's much more of a mature relationship, if you will. And I like seeing that a little bit more. I like that we're not getting a similar just kind of, you know, young kind of girl. I like that we're seeing a little bit more of a refined. And that's kind of what this Really, like this was her, you know, and this was her first boyfriend, first love, and everything that comes with that. And now she stepped into it, and now she kind of knows what she wants a little bit more. Um, I, I, I do, I do like seeing that aspect in this episode. I thought the most important moment of this episode was the conversation between Margaret and James sitting around the campfire where they joke about she'll probably just fall in love with someone else in Oregon and they you know, she falls wrong. in love with every guy she meets. Uh-huh. Like I thought that was a really important sort of pullback moment for the show to be like, okay, as a viewer, I'm not the only one who's so skeptical of this relationship. Her own parents right. are living through it and they also are like, all right, come on, what is she going to fall in love with? Every every guy who smiles at her? Like that, it made me feel less guilty about being so skeptical of Elsa's love for Sam. Well, man, I love when Margaret, when Sam comes to essentially essentially ask James for his blessing and he comes and gives a horse. That's kind of, you know, their equivalent of asking the father for the daughter's hand in marriage. And, you know, first I you see this conflict with James of realizing like, man, my daughter's going to choose to do what she's going to do. Like, I literally cannot force her. She is going to, she is strong-willed and she's going to do what she wants to do. And Margaret is becoming unhinged because she is also realizing, you know, how do we, you know, commandeer the situation? And man, I laughed so hard when, you know, she's trying to tell James do something and he's looking at her like, what do I do? And, you know, her first initial instinct is like, I don't know, shoot him? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yes, we really escalated this way. We don't have to shoot him. <laughs> You know, okay, if we don't like him, just, oh, 
another one bites the dust. Man, I thought that was so good. I I got a good laugh out of that. I was like, okay, Margaret, we are really, well, we went there. But how did you feel about that conversation between Margaret and Elsa, where Elsa, Margaret's trying to kind of tell her about the way things will be, about how she's inevitably going to be living this life where she has to wear a dress and swallow her dreams. How did that conversation hit you? I I didn't I didn't love it. And for me, you know, I'm I mean, and my parents are like this of just really spurring me on of, you know, chase your dreams and, you know, be a go-getter and, you know, very very advocates of that and uh, you know, her being the strong-willed personality that she is, I think as I'm watching Margaret, you know, as Elsa's blooming and she's almost trying to dim her light essentially. And, you mm-hmm. know, Elsa is not that type of personality that's going to just go along with society in that way of like, okay, you know, I'll be, you know, the housewife, I'll be, you know, everything that Margaret is. And and I think what's interesting is Margaret's not saying it as if she likes it even, you know, and she's kind right. of saying it that this is your duty where I'm, I saw that scene as man, Margaret, Elsa is a mini Margaret and you know, Margaret maybe also had these same dreams and ambitions and, you know, that's not the way the world works. And so, yeah, I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it only because in addition to just being like, man, to be more of an advocate for her daughter's personality and dreams and all that, I think with her daughter's personality, trying to dim that is only going to ignite the rebellion rebellious aspect of Elsa, which it does. How did you feel? No, I totally agreed with you. It was hard not to watch that scene and contrast it to like the modern day conversations that fathers and right. mothers have with daughters, which is unfair right. to the show. And, and I'm guilty of doing this from time to time. But I think everybody maybe thought the same thing is just kind of how it was difficult to hear that. Whereas if we we're in that time period, somehow watching right. a TV show about the 19th century, about while in the 19th century, like it would be like, yeah, that's right. It would be much more pragmatic, uh, practical response to what happened. Right. It was, I thought that was a nice, really, really sharp parent daughter exchanges Mm -hmm. there. And I thought that was really good writing and acting and and Mm -hmm. no doubt that Tim McGraw and Faith Hill were drawing upon things that they've witnessed with their own daughters who are not that much older than Elsa. Absolutely. That was probably very real. I I would love to talk to them about that at some point. That'd be really Mm -hmm. interesting. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. Well, the scene that I didn't personally find as needed, which I would love to hear your two cents on this, Billy, was when in this episode, Elsa becomes a warrior, essentially. And even, you know, a hunter, she learns how to. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're really amped about this one. Making me me hungry. Well, now my lunch is spoiled. But anyways, she learns how to hunt, which I will say at first when this scene, they approach Sam and Elsa come across Buffalo, which 
at first they don't show the buffalo and they just show Sam, you know, dropping to his knees mm-hmm. and telling Elsa to drop as well. And I thought, oh my gosh, here we go again. There's dang bandits mm-hmm. on the way and someone's going to mm-hmm. die. You know, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I'll brace for impact again. Okay. But thankfully that didn't happen. And it was buffalo. And Elsa ends up shooting a buffalo, her first kill. And Billy, take it away with this scene of what happens. Sam jumps off his horse, whips out his knife, guts the buffalo, and fairly quickly pulls out its heart. Like, he got that heart out, lickety split. And he raises it up to the sky, and then he offers it to Elsa Mm -hmm. and says, eat it. It's upon you now to eat this buffalo heart. Uh And she... Barely hesitates. She, I mean, she is, she, she's a, she goes at she, it's it. It's like, it's like, a, yeah, like she's at the the Ponderosa or something and it's <laughs> the plate of mashed potatoes. Like she just, and not only that, like there's blood all over her face. She never wipes off the blood. She, she kind of starts no. riding around with this bloody face and she's no. wild eyed and smiling, telling everybody that she sees, I just killed a buffalo. A proud puppy is what I would best describe that as. You oh. know, happy go lucky of look, mom and dad, look what I just did. I mean, literally trotting on the horse with just a mouth covered in blood. Also, great, the great imagery of describing that. That was very, <laughs> that was very detailed, <laughs> Billy. Well, the natives are also very excited and, and very proud of her. And um, I don't know if you did any in depth research on the ritual of eating a heart of a buffalo. You know, no, as that I was wasn't watching your... that scene, I didn't think, man, I'm going to pin this. As soon as I finish, I'm going to go Google and deep dive down the yeah. road. Ra- Out of everything that I've decided to Google about the show, this was not a moment. That wasn't but it. Billy, I can only imagine that absolutely this was this I... was your moment. Well, I did a little. I did a little. I won't say that I'm an <laughs> yep. expert on the situation here, but the buffalo are really important animals to Native Americans. And yes. they would at times follow the herds um, pretty much year-round. Maybe not so much in the winter, but it was a really important animal and a lot of respect for that animal. As an aside, I really think the buffalo is a really beautiful animal. Like, I love oh, our pictures of buffalo, but mm-hmm. that's a little aside. But uh, in the, the ceremony of eating the heart, Indians, they believe that they could receive all the qualities of the animal they killed, like the bravery and the mm-hmm. strength and the agility by eating wow. or, or taking a bite of the heart. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the purpose of that. And that was... Um, I really struggled actually to find a really, really tremendous source on this. So that was from something called Game and Fishing Magazine uh, per the Outdoor Channel. So, you know, if I'm not 100% correct there, I apologize, but that was about the best I could do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that was more interesting, I think, than the meaning of the heart eating is the Easter egg that was dropped in that scene. And I wonder if anybody else caught that. What Easter egg? That scene with the Native American ripping open the buffalo and pulling out the heart and offering it to Elsa Dutton was almost identical to a scene from the Kevin Costner movie Dancing with the Wolves. I mean, almost framed exactly the same way. There's a Native American ripping open buffalo. I think in Dancing Uh with the Wolves, they pull out his liver and they hold it up and they offer it to Kevin Costner, who would, of course, go on to play... John Dutton in Yellowstone, and his character takes a bite. And and I forget the broader context of that scene of Dancing with the Wills, but it is it it is almost a a facsimile of of what happened in Dancing 
with the wolves. Interesting. You know, as crafty and creative as Taylor Sheridan is, I wouldn't put that past him of that maybe being a little intentional, that only people like you would recognize that. You know, if they've seen the movie, I have never seen the movie before, so I wouldn't have picked up on that. But if you've seen it, then you would know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't. I Like I said, he's pretty creative in that aspect, so I really wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. Well, he's done that in so many other more subtle ways, too, like the character of Charlie Goodnight. A lot of people have mm-hmm. pointed out that that's a big character in the Western Lonesome Dove and the books in the yes. series. Um, this, using similar actors, like uh, one of the actors from season three of Yellowstone, I forget his name, uh, the character's name, but uh, Wade, Wade Marlowe. Wade Marlowe is the guy, he's the former Yellowstone rancher who they hang from a tree because he was mm-hmm. kind of screwing with the Duttons. He's the one they attacks, Teeter. That character is the one who attacks him. They hang him from a tree. Well, that actor was in Lonesome Dove. Barry Corbett, is- I believe is what his name is. So he, he ties a lot of the, he intentionally uses all these same actors. So I, I very much believe he knew what he was doing when he uh, yeah. recreated that scene. I don't know. I thought that was super interesting. Um, that was like the wildest eyed Elsa Dutton I think we've seen to date. And then she rides off in that beautiful ornate outfit and she has tears and she's very proud of her tears. And yeah, it, it was beautiful. It, you had to suspend, be willing to suspend belief or at least suspend some skepticism to fully appreciate it. Um, I, yes, I really loved and as she's trotting alongside the immigrants in the wagons and pretty much she says, you know, everyone's looking at her like she's crazy and pretty much, you know, she says that she doesn't care and just holds her head high. And, and I really, I really liked that scene. And uh, I also liked, I, w- I was worried that they were going to leave her there. I thought, I thought for a minute, this is going to be for like, we're losing Elsa a lot sooner than I thought we were going to. And she's not going to go with them. So I am glad that she's going with them. She's allegedly going to come back in June, I think is when she said. Um, but yep. like you said, may or may not happen. If we've learned anything is don't put your hope in too much with this show because it will be ripped from you. So who knows if she will, but yes, I agree with you that that ending scene specifically was really, really well done. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I'm, I'm enjoying seeing where this Elsa character, even as defiant as she is, and there's a little bit of that moment where I want to shake her and go, ah, if you could only look ahead, but yeah, I really, really liked that ending, <laughs> ending scene specifically. There was another Easter egg in this episode that I don't know if you caught it or not. Um, I, oh, I don't, I, I don't think so. What was the other one? Well, I'm going to admit I didn't either, uh, and I'll give credit here in a second, but okay. Sam has a speech to Elsa, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing here, where he says the white man is like the wolf. It takes everything until there's only wolves left, and then eventually the wolves kill each other, and there's nothing left, and the land is free again. In Yellowstone, what is Casey's spirit? Yeah, the wolf. The wolf. And I want to give credit here. One of the uh, the fan groups I, I follow, the 1883 of Yellowstone form, a woman named Holly pointed this out and connected the wolves from the two series. And this goes to his, his vision quest. And when he's asked what he saw and he says, I saw mm-hmm. the end of us, this leaves, lends some credence to the theory that what he saw was the end of the Duttons, the wolves okay. killing each other until the land is free again. Maybe oh. that's the vision he had. 
Yeah, well, and that is something that we've kind of teetered on of that that could be really a plausible case that the Dutton Ram, yeah. they kind of dissolve. So, dang. And that would fit, too, I think, with themes that Taylor Sheridan has has used again and again. Like, he's, he's shown tremendous respect for Natives throughout all of these series and, and really presents them in, in a much more well-rounded fashion than other Westerns have. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about that. But he's also thrown shown a lot of, for lack of a better word, skepticism for sort of... Um, how we use the land or, or the American or like how human humans relationship to the land. And this idea mm-hmm. that we're the, the land is going to fight back somehow and we're all going to be expunged in some great way. Like that's been a kind of a theme across a lot of these series. So that would pretty easily tie uh, the two series t- together, together. Um, thematically at least. Something that I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but, and we've kind of talked about this before. We don't know how much longer Shay's going to be around. You know, we don't know if, you know, his character's kind of coming to a close or, uh, you know, if he's going to make it all the way there. But what I really saw that was kind of pivotal in this episode was, you know, up until now, James has been very, you know, headstrong of I'm here to lead, like, I'm here to help you, but my priority is my family and the immigrants, you know, good luck to them. Not as concerned. He is a leader, but within his own household, where Shay's taken that much more of the leadership role as a whole. And this is an episode that you see that starting to shift a little bit, where James is saying, you know, I don't think we should go to Denver, uh, you know, and I will take the immigrants with me, you know, where he's saying, you know, I'm kind of looking past just his family. And so that kind of makes me wonder if we're kind of starting to set up this, uh, you know, power transition of it moving more to a leadership commanding role of James because Shay's going to end up dying. That's kind of where my my head's headed with this. I totally agree. I, I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. Um, and it almost seems like Shay formally hands over power, knowing that the immigrants no mm-hmm. longer trust them. And, and they really seem to be blossoming when they're given a little bit more trust and having a little bit more faith. Like they're having troubles on the horses, but it's it hasn't been catastrophic yet. Yeah. Um, they're doing okay. Even from the beginning of the episode when the immigrants are kind of picking up the pieces from that tornado uh, they seem to be diving right in and, and doing the work. They're not lost and feeling helpless. And they yeah. don't want to go to Denver because they realize in Denver they'll be maids and miners just like they were in Germany. They want the free mm-hmm. land so they can be landowners. Uh, and that's the biggest reason why they they are willing to follow James, it seems. But Thomas plays a large role in that too because he says, I ain't going to Denver either. I promised mm-hmm. I'd take uh, this woman, um, Noemi, to Oregon mm-hmm. with her kids. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Shay, it's kind of like a, a, a siege on power, really. Um, yeah. Handled peacefully, uh, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, and then it goes on to that scene where Shay tells Charlie, this is my last trail. Like, more evidence to believe that this is – Shay's time is coming to a close. And, and, and if I had to make one prediction, it would be that somehow Shay doesn't make it through the end of episode 10. So we have two more episodes, Yeah. To figure to figure that out, I can't out. believe we just have two more episodes. There's so much action that has to play out. How There's is this going to so... happen in just two hours of TV? <laughs> and it, and honestly, if we, I mean, in Yellowstone's kind of like that. I don't think we. It may not. They may just leave us yeah. hanging. 
Expect nothing. So I have, I have one other point. Um, okay. It's a little nugget that I pulled out, I extracted, and then we have to make a quick correction about something we were long, wrong about yes. in last yes. week's episode. Um, yes. We found out in this episode, if you did the math, Margaret is about 35 years old. Uh, she talks about being pregnant with Elsa at age 17. Elsa's now 18 years old, mm-hmm. so she's about 35. Important from the standpoint of we've kind of argued back and forth about if uh, Margaret and James could still have kids. I thought they yes. were quite a bit older than, I, than 35. I did too. I did too. Um, but can still have kids, no doubt about it. Uh, what do they call that in modern day parlance? A woman over 35 having kids, they call it a like a – it's a really awful name for it. It's like a, a senior pregnancy or a – geriatric pregnancy that's what it is a geriatric pregnancy geriatric yeah. pregnancy what is it 35 it or 36 yeah it says over over the age uh healthline.com says over the age of 35 literally yep. margaret dutton uh, yeah so she some risk but possible so you're saying spencer could possibly be their child is what i'm hearing you say possibly yeah there, okay. there's i mean they certainly didn't have birth control so uh, th- that's conceivable. There you have um, it. But we know it's not Ennis's, and correct could be Sam's, but I don't know about that scene. I don't think so. But but our correction has to do with Ennis. Yes, and I had said last episode or last podcast that right before the tornado hit. Sam pretty much says, you know, release the horses and then run for cover. And I had said that she had kissed because you had, we had talked about, you know, maybe Elsa in that scene where she's kissing Sam was kind of her in a way kissing Ennis. And I had said, I was like, well, she kissed the horse goodbye. And I thought it was Ennis's horse. And so that in my mind was like, no, she's, you know, paying tribute to him in that way. Which I ended up being wrong. It was not Ennis's horse. Marianne pointed out that she said she she said she's been riding her horse lightning all along. Ennis's horse is a bay. Elsa's horse is a palomino. A number of people wrote in uh, with regards to that not being Ennis's horse. So I kind of just trusted the egg aggregate there and. Yeah, uh, I was just curious what they I, you know, I didn't looked ha- like, the difference. I didn't have a photo memory of what Eminence's horses was, I guess, but um, so well, I was as much wrong out. as you, but yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is, if, if we got, um, if, if you want to correct us on something, Lord knows we yeah. appreciate it and we haven't gotten, our, our biggest wrong What has been when we called Ennis Wade for a couple of episodes and, and someone fairly recently in the Apple Podcasts uh, review section, like, they gave us only a four-star review because of that fact. It's like, okay. I mean, I appreciate the review and the rating, but <laughs> you know, it was early. Hey, we're I, learning, too. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. We're learning. We're just human. But it would be like calling you you Wade, and you're like, well, I'm Billy over here, but okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. One last point I want to make here, and mm-hmm. this is unrelated to this last episode, but something we release, recently learned about Yellowstone and, and actor Forey J. Smith, who plays Lloyd. He's a, mm-hmm. a favorite in the bunkhouse. This is just something to keep an eye on. Of course, Yellowstone was nominated for a number of Screen Actors Guild's awards, and the show was looking yeah. forward to attending the SAG Awards and maybe collecting that. But Forey J. Smith created the video on Instagram where he shared that he wasn't going to be able to because the SAG Awards, you have to be vaccinated and boosted and have negative tests. And uh, I'm not saying this as a pejorative, 
uh, because I think it's accurate for AJ Smith is anti-vax. Um, he mm-hmm. explains that he is against vaccines. He doesn't do flu shots. He doesn't vaccinate his horses or his dogs. He hasn't gotten vaccines since he was a little kid. He's not going to get the COVID-19 vaccine or boosted. Uh, and and I, I'm not saying that to be judgy or political or critical of him. It's his opinions. But that's right. why he's not going to be at the SAG Awards and he wanted to apologize. What right. I think is interesting about that is different shows have had different rules about if their actors and the cast and crew need to be vaccinated. I don't mm-hmm. know Yellowstone's policy there, mm-hmm. but we it's not it's not a, tough to imagine a situation where season five of Yellowstone doesn't include Lloyd, and if it doesn't, I think it'd be for this reason. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's very plausible. And even how we had said, I mean, we've been saying we don't know if his character is going to make it through another season. And that might be, I mean, that might end up being the reason. Now, of course, Yellowstone films in Montana and not California. Right. Again, I don't know the the COVID rules and regulations for Montana. I'm guessing they're a little bit more, um, a little looser than California. California is certainly much more of a liberal state. Uh, maybe right. than Montana. So maybe that won't be an issue, but that's it's something to keep an eye on about not only for J. Smith, but anybody else from the cast who yeah. um, won't get the vaccine. Uh, maybe yeah. that could affect how they're used. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Alrighty, or on that note, are we ready for some good old Q&A? Let's do it. I'm ready. Who we got this week? Okay, the first one I have is Michael writes, My theory on why Elsa kissed Sam during the tornado Elsa realizes that every moment on this earth could be her last, so with that said, she's not going to let go of any opportunity to experience something new. What does she have to lose? I think he's right, and I love this theory. Thank you, Michael, yeah. very much. Like she, yeah. She's like, you know what? I might die, and I want to kiss this man, so I'm going to kiss this man. Someone else named Sarah wrote in and said that she YOLO'd it, you only live <laughs> once. Yes, full sense. As a verb. Which is yes. fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, I'm, well, I'm, I'm in on that. She YOLO'd it. Yeah, no, I, I'm also here on this theory. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're only going to continue to see that with her. Yeah, you only you only live once. Elsa, you know, realizes I've escaped a tornado. I've, you know, abandoned. And what else mm-hmm. do I have to lose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Get it, girl. get it girl okay hayden writes on that note hayden writes i think cookie is a bad guy i think he was part of the bandits that stole the cattle after the tornado he left before the storm comes back after the storm and tells shay there's only six guys holding the cattle Ooh, because there was really 13 yeah there, there was quite a lot more you know i hadn't considered this theory yeah but uh uh it holds up at least to what actually happened. Um, I don't know what Cookie's motives would be totally like. Right. Uh, but he does seem a little shady, doesn't he? Doesn't the cook seem a little bit, a little shifty? He does. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem, there's still some questions there. Yeah. Like he, he has a story uh, and we just don't know it yet. There's He's an onion, right. if you will. 
we've got some layers to peel back. I'm gonna pin this theory. I think. Yeah. We'll just kind of, and if it happens, we're gonna give Hayden credit because that's brilliant. Um, Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I don't know how I feel about it to be honest. It's one of those I just need to marinate on it a little bit more. If I think it's a reality, but I mean, yeah. Okay, Les from YouTube says, My family is German ancestry from southeastern Oklahoma. Just saying. This is going to our, our what we've talked about, about how the, maybe some of the Germans will just end up staying in Oklahoma because oh. of the destruction of the tornado. Uh, we theorized that maybe the, if there was large communities in Oklahoma, this is what actually happened. Uh, and it probably did to a certain degree. I mean, if, if this trip was representative of sort of a larger migration of the Germans from Texas um, to uh, to Oregon or parts northwest. There were probably some people who didn't make it and just ended up planting themselves in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got another great email, or actually I think it was a YouTube comment from someone named Glenn who had a lot more detail about Germans that settled in Oklahoma, and he actually points out specific counties in Oklahoma wow. where the Germans settled. Um he had some historical dates that indicated uh, that settlement actually happened after this trip, maybe in the later 1890s or close to the 20th century. Um, but it seems like there, if there are, if there is some big German settlements in Oklahoma, this could absolutely be the reason why. Um, so that was pretty astute. I appreciate Les and, and Glenn yeah. and everybody else who pointed that out. Um, People really connecting to this journey. This is one thing that uh, people have pointed out. I've gotten emails and I've seen a lot of comments about their relatives who took this journey or took a similar journey uh, north to Montana or to Denver or to Colorado or some other states hmm. and cities. Um, kind of connecting to it kind of on a uh, – it was it's their so story personal. in some much more resonant ways than like yeah. you know people from – from overseas and in Europe who ended up in the East coast who are ended up in the Midwest or, or parts like that. Um, yeah. Which I think is pretty interesting. Rob emailed us and says, hello, I love your podcast. Addison's laugh is infectious. Well, well first thank you, Rob. I am, I'm honored that you love my laugh. Sometimes I don't know if I'm laughing a little too, <laughs> too hot and heavy into the mic. So I'm really glad I have a very distinct laugh. So thank you. I am, I'm very honored by that. Uh, he continues saying, here's my thought. Elsa and Beth are both derivative of Elizabeth. Is it possible Beth is named after Elsa? Just a thought. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I I think a lot of times, you know, family names are passed down. And what are your what are you, I for can't this read your face. to work? <laughs> for this to work, Elsa would have to never get married or actually formally change her name, right? Why? Because if she did, she would no longer be a Dutton. See what I'm saying? Well. Well, you no, know, I don't, because it's the first name. Wait, say that. Okay, explain again. Because she'd start on her own family tree at that point, and it would her name wouldn't be Dutton; it would be Smith or Jones or Carpenter or whatever oh. you know the person. And then you get two or three generations down before you get to Beth, and that would be family tree wise. That would be many branches over from the line of Duttons. Like they wouldn't pull Elizabeth, like the name Elizabeth, from that far down the tree or across oh, the tree. I, well, I guess what I'm I'm thinking, what he's saying is that somehow Beth is a direct ancestor 
of Elsa's. Uh, oh, I... Okay. I, I took it more of, as they were naming, where his last thing question where he said, is it possible Beth is named after Elsa? I assumed it derived from the name Elizabeth, and they just like a family name, essentially. You know, where people pull from. Yeah. That would be pretty far, you know, you're down, it's not like your grandparent or something pretty direct, but that's more so where I was headed with that of, it's a family name, and the, therefore they named her a family name, Beth. Elizabeth. Now, given what we know, what we know about Elsa, it's not impossible to imagine her having a baby and somehow not taking the last name of the father of the baby. Like she's already um, shown that she is extremely independent for that time. Mm -hmm. So she could somehow remain a Dutton, have a son who carries on that Dutton name. And then maybe the family lineage runs through Elsa and not through John Jr. and Spencer, like we kind of think it does. Um, yeah, I guess time will tell. Um, possible, but um, good thought. You do have a nice laugh. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, really. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> hey, Thank I'll, you, Rob. Truly. Thank you. I want to give one more shout out to uh, someone, a, a, a listener named Ryan, who emailed and he gave me a great lead for a, a future interview potentially. But he also shared that he's dating a girl with the last name of Dutton and her oh. father's name is John. No. Um, <laughs> are you serious? This, is, this is a lie. Who are you? <laughs> no, it's true. He He's a little bit nervous that he's going to be taken to the train station. Ugh, um, which doesn't exist. And he hasn't quite decided. Found on TikTok. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. I asked him, is he the is he the rip wheeler of the, of the family now? Or is he the Monica? Of the family, and he's not sure. He has, he's got to, you know, he's got to work that out on his own. But um, to be determined, yeah, he gave me a great, a great lineup for any, a potential interview with someone I might want to talk to. Oh, but so thank amazing. you to Ryan and everybody who emailed. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is, um, and just getting so many emails now, it's it's really been tremendous. So I apologize if it takes me a few days. Uh, I'm at a point where I, I just I've gotten to all of them, but I haven't had a chance to get all of them immediately. <laughs> That's Billy Dukes, who's now off to try to explain that cocktail waitress and the ill-fated trip to Oregon to his wife and mother. (laughs) Thanks, Billy. Once again, the email address for questions, comments, corrections, and this week's trivia question is staff at tasteofcountry.com. I'm Addison Haker. Thanks for listening to Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast. Conversations with cast members like Cole Hauser, Sam Elliott, Luke Grimes, and more are available in the archives. Please tap follow before you split and leave a review and five-star rating and then tell one person you know about the podcast. This week's episode was written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes with additional research from Taste of Country's Sterling Whitaker. As always, Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast is another great Townsquare Media podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.